everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hey, gang. Hey. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to Hop Culture Episode 101. Today, we're going to be discussing the book 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals, as part of our Hop Culture Book Club. As we like to say, we read so you don't have to. And after this book, I think we'll never read again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about our feelings. We don't like to... I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this. I feel bad influencing listeners too much one way or another on books. Like I want them to experience things themselves. So, you know, but it's tricky because we also want it to be like an honest and entertaining episode. So, you know, take our two cents for what they're worth. I thought the book was horrible and I don't. Jumping right in. I just wanted to to say I don't really, I don't really feel bad about swaying people one way or or the other. We'll talk about it, and you're welcome to to try it if it sounds like something you'd like. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I realized our last Top Culture Book Club was The Lazy Genius, (laughs) and we were all so like absolutely. What did they say on TikTok? You're a simp. For someone, <laughs> is that an inappropriate term? No, <laughs> like we're simps for the lazy genius, so we're like so true. <laughs> then to like have this one, we're like we hated it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was Claire th- today. I was thinking about this book. I was like walking around my kitchen, and I was just thinking about the book, and I was like, the lazy genius would never have. <laughs> I totally was directly comparing it to it. Would never. Yeah. Well, okay, let's give a little background. Um, So this book was written, for one thing, this book is very confusing to look up because when I think 4,000, the way I learned as an English major, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought any numbers under 10, you write out like, uh, I almost said numerically, (laughs) wow, English major, you know what I mean, you write out as a word. With letters. With letters, exactly. <laughs> and then numbers 10 and up, you can just use numerals for. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think 4,000, I think 4,000. But it's written out. So if you try to look it up on like your library site or something, it kept being like not available. And I was like, what? I thought it was a New York Times bestseller. So keep that in mind if you are trying to look for it. Um, but this book was written by Oliver Berkman, who is a British – he – is a writer. I don't know if this is his first book, but he's had like a a column in The Guardian for a long time. Um, I had never heard of him, but I think he's fairly well known in Great Britain. Um, And I had just seen this book around like on Instagram. I'd seen a few people talk about it. So I take full responsibility. It came out in 2021, so it's fairly new. And I take responsibility for suggesting it because I think we're always interested in like a new approach to time management, you know. So it sounded like a good one, but it was not. So I will be giving up the book club, the book club brains the next time <laughs> around. Okay, so I guess we've already gotten a little sneak peek from Grace, but how is everyone 
feeling about the book and uh, how are you feeling about yourself after reading this? I'm going to be honest. It was, it was, it was a DNF for me. <laughs> um, oh, no. I'm not interested in time management in general. And you just, you just mm-hmm. decided to abstain from this one. Yeah. Now, tell <laughs> us how far in the book did you get before you decided it was a DNF? I probably got like a couple pages in. <laughs> That's so bad. Okay, well, since you didn't finish it, I realized maybe we should give like a little background of kind of, you know, it's obviously about time management, but kind of like the thesis for those that DNF'd or DNS'd did not start, so to speak. Um, so this is kind of like a little blurb from the book jacket. It says, the average human lifespan is absurdly, insultingly brief. Assuming you live to be 80, you have just over 4,000 weeks. Nobody needs telling there isn't enough time. We're obsessed with our lengthening to-do lists, our overfilled inboxes, work-life balance, and the ceaseless battle against distraction. And we're deluged with advice on becoming more productive and efficient and life hacks to optimize our day. I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm going to cut it out there because it goes on. It's basically like how, you know, we're, we're told to like work harder, you know, work smarter, not harder, but like still like life doesn't have meaning and like life just goes faster like that's kind of the vibe you know like the the mm-hmm. how do we i love his voice that you <laughs> <laughs> really disrespectful he's like a, it a weird a, nerd it was a fine book it just yeah it like ann said unless you're probably really in like hustle culture i don't know here's the thing even if you're in hustle culture all he told was stuff that everybody knows. Everyone yes. knows they're sad. Like, you don't have to tell me that being isolated and trying to get a million things done and not being able to enjoy your free time and always checking your phone is sad. We're mm-hmm. all so sad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know it. No one mm-hmm. no one doesn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And he spent probably two-thirds of the book explaining why we're sad when Ask anyone on the internet, they already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it too mean to say that even the detailed summary I was trying to read about the book was DNF? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he did talk about um like the problems. Again, it it felt a little bit like like Grace said, it's like we know that, you know, our modern culture and this was written during 2020, so it's like he keeps referencing, you know, being in lockdown and stuff. We know that that led to like mental health issues and yeah, we're constantly distracted and social media is polarizing us. Like it's kind of like we know all of that. So it's just kind of like a real bummer to read an entire book about it. And it almost felt like a titch condescending kind of where it's like, oh, you're the first person who's told me that Twitter is bad for my brain. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, that and that's probably way too harsh. It was snowing today and it's January. So it just kind of was like... (laughs) emotionally not like a great time to be reading this but yeah i agree with grace that it was kind of like okay we kind of like know these things so it was almost it didn't really give great practical advice on like how to improve it it was just sort of like society's terrible he was anti-capitalism and anti-communist so he didn't really <laughs> have anything he was, liked. He was anti-religion. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or like he 
maybe not anti, but like his base assumption was that nobody believes in an afterlife anymore. That part was weird. Yeah. He was <laughs> kind like, of strange. And he was like, it was strange. He's like, if if you believe in an afterlife, what's the point of making the most of your time here? None of it matters. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Like, <laughs> someone who believes in an afterlife, please do not assume like my understanding of like, I don't know. It was just such a large generalization for like any religious person that believes in an afterlife and our <laughs> our philosophical view of like mortality. But then he went on to talk about Calvinists and how their belief in an afterlife was what drove them into such a frenzy of getting things done. Mm -hmm. So it, he just contradicted himself left and uh, I was going to say that too. He was all over the place. I felt like he, I felt like I was reading one long philosophy paper. Yes. Done by like an undergraduate. Yes. Like, all over the place, <laughs> picking every possible source he could find. <laughs> And just it, it, he couldn't mesh everything that he was thinking. And I would say my favorite part of the book was just where he explained what a Shabbat elevator is. I was really yeah. interested in the Shabbat elevator. I was very fascinated too. by that. For our listeners, um, a Shabbat elevator is it's so the Jewish Sabbath, you know, there's like certain things laid out in the Old Testament that are. Like things that you shouldn't do on the Sabbath, and so Orthodox. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I know we really put you on the spot. We put you on the like, spot to like please explain <laughs> a religion that I is not your own. Yeah, you're like, how do I do this? Orthodox Jewish people they they live by these rules still for their Sabbath, and so one of these things is um, in the Old Testament. They it talks about not lighting fires on the Sabbath, and that has been interpreted to also include not using any electrical um in <laughs> guys help um what's the word not using electricity basically like like not not using it but not like it said don't electricity. it said not completing an electrical circuit oh there we go i missed thank, that part thank you grace which I, was pretty pretty cool to think about when you think about, you're like oh that is kind of like igniting a fire i don't know why i've been trying to explain this i copied and pasted the part where it talked about it so i i'll just uh, read <laughs> What it says, okay, step inside a Shabbat elevator between Friday evening and Saturday night, and you'll find yourself stopping at every floor, even if nobody wants to get off, because it's been programmed to spare Jewish residents and visitors from having to violate the rule against operating electrical switches on the Sabbath. So basically, the Shabbat elevator on the Sabbath, only on the Sabbath, will stop at every floor so that they don't have to press the buttons on the elevator, which I thought was very interesting and Ooh, ingenious. That is very interesting. That is one part of the book that I appreciated on the religious side is he did say that the concept of a Sabbath is helpful. And, and he kind of brought up um, how like this almost, I, that's another thing that was, I was getting, I know that like, I was being nitpicky as a religious person. But he's kind of like, you need the social pressure of people's judgments to keep your Sabbath. And I was like, or maybe you actually like believe in it yourself and like want to, you know, I don't know. I was just like, yeah. I, I, that was just my own little like annoyance, but he did bring up that it's nice to live in a community where there are expectations that like, oh yeah, this certain day of the week or this certain, he brought up in Europe how there are like months where everyone's on vacation to kind of have a cultural expectation that there will be a break of some kind 
is really like healthy and helpful. So I appreciated that he, that was a helpful tip and he acknowledged some good, but I did feel like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was like some weird. Well, it it wasn't even, I wasn't, I didn't feel like he was offensively anti-religious or anything like that, but it was, it was more just that he sort of wrote the book on the premise that everybody had the same worldview as him and also the same like issues and not just with religion, but there were some other things too, where he'd say, like he described boredom as being an intense reaction to the discomforting feeling of not being in control. And that to me was nonsense. That's not what boredom <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is at, <laughs> at, not at, all. at all. In some <laughs> cases, I mean, I, I guess maybe in some cases, but like, not being in control of of what? Like I'm lying on my couch and I'm bored because I got nothing to do. What am You're I in not in control, control of? Yeah, I'm in totally full control. In control. You're too much in control. Yeah. And <laughs> and also with leisure. That was another thing he was like, now anytime we have leisure, we feel the need to make our leisure time productive or we need to to make it we've accomplished something in our leisure. And I'm like, again, that's not true, yeah. but I find myself not enjoying I think he was I think he missed the point of a lot of what makes us sad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. maybe I'll turn that to you, Grace. Like, if it's not too personal, what would you say is like that? <laughs> Everyone's laughing. I'm not trying to make this like really deep, but I'm curious what you would say, like, is the problem or like you know, one of the problems with society, with boredom, with leisure time not being fulfilling, what would you have said? So he tried to pin it all down to time, that historically people didn't have a concept of time, and now they do. And now we measure our time so much, so that's what makes us sad. I think it's choice. I think that Mm -hmm. people didn't have choice, and now we have choices, and that's what makes us sad. Mm -hmm. I agree with you so much. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately with like how too many choices I feel like does make us, that's the book we should have read. Cause I think there's a book about how too many choices makes you unhappy. Books trying to get to the root of like, <laughs> why are we so sad? I know it's so true. It really is. And I, I feel like the sadness of missing out because you chose the wrong book yeah. is so ironic. It is. It really is. Um, but like, I've been thinking, well, and I think he kind of touched on that a little bit because he did say how social media or just like the awareness we have in this day and age of all of like what we could be using our time on, which is sort of like a plethora of choices in a way is part of what adds to like our issues, you know, because I think I highlighted that part because that totally resonates with me. And he was like, I'm going to try to quote it. Oh, I'm probably paraphrasing. I just had copied and pasted this part. But he said, once you accept that you'll miss out on nearly every human experience the world has to offer, you'll get to focus on fully enjoying the portion that you do have time for. And just kind of accepting. Oh, and he says, like, you can respond to the needs of your place and time in history rather than exerting control. Which the control thing, I felt the same way. I was like, that doesn't really resonate with me as much. But I did kind of resonate with the feeling always like the need to like, well, maybe I should be doing something different or maybe like, oh, these people travel the world with their kids. Like maybe I should live that lifestyle or, or I should be reading these books or I should be, you know, and instead of just kind of being like, this is my little microcosm of the world and I'm going to do 
what I can to like fully be present and enjoy the life I have rather than like fixating on the FOMO of like all the things that you could choose in life. So I kind of, I kind of resonated with that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I agreed that like the control, I'm like, I don't know that I'm obsessed with control as much as I do feel like the number of choices we have, I agree with you, is like overwhelming and leads to discontent. And I was thinking about this in, um, in regards to thrifting lately, because I've really been loving thrifting lately. And I was like, why does this bring me so much joy? Like, because usually (laughs) when I go into stores or when I shop online, it's weird because I used to love shopping. Like growing up. You did. I loved it. Like it was the thing I would have chosen to do over anything else. And I've kind of blamed like since getting married and having kids and like money being tight, I've kind of been like, oh, I don't enjoy it as much anymore because like I can't spend as much money as I wish I could, you know. But I'm like, I don't really think it's the money because even if I have like a gift card or like a set aside money to spend on something fun, it's like kind of overwhelming and stressful a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we have so many options and like even shopping online for something simple, like this is so silly, but like Henry has needed new church shoes for like months and (laughs) I, I cannot make a decision on them. It's so silly, but like I get on and I'll look at like Target or whatever and be like, "Mm, I don't really like any of these. And I'm like, there's got to be something cuter somewhere else or something that will like be the perfect shoe that will take him from like spring to summer. You know, I'm just like (laughs) the perfect shoe, the perfect toddler boy church shoe is out there. And then it's like, it's so silly. I'm like, if I just went into a thrift store and found a little pair of toddler shoes, even if they weren't perfect, I'd be like, great, this is exactly what I need. And I think that's why I love thrifting is it just feels like if you find something, it's like this delightful, fun thing, but you're not choosing from like a million of the same thing. You know, it's just kind of like, there's no pressure because it's just kind of like, oh, I'm just seeing what there is rather than being like, I have this specific thing and it needs to be the perfect throw pillow or whatever it is you're looking for. It's just kind of like the pressure is taken off and there's not as many options. So I'm just content and excited with like whatever I happen to find kind of. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. You want to know what makes me sad? Tell us. Is I – it's people like this author (laughs) who assume (laughs) that everyone is obsessed with productivity and that that's just like what we all believe morally is like the best thing you can do in life is like be super productive and like make the most of your time. I don't I don't want to. I don't want to, but I also don't want you people judging me for resting. I have no problem resting. I have no problem accomplishing the bare minimum in a day. I don't mean like the bare minimum, but like the bare minimum to feel like I've done you've done right by, day. you know, your kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I don't want all these people telling me how I should be feeling guilty during my leisure time mm-hmm. and how I should be feeling guilty if I am not being super productive. I don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I don't need you telling I- me that I should. You know? I've been feeling that way too. I'm like, I think that, uh, I don't know. I just, it's not my personality. Never has been to mm-hmm. 
feel this like urge within myself. Yeah. To be There's- like super productive. I do I do resent that it's like a a badge of honor, which I guess he mm-hmm. kind of talks about that in the book as a bad thing, but he kind of assumes that literally everyone Mm-hmm. It's ev- yeah. everyone's problem is that they're too productive, and that's just not true. Yeah, it's like he's trying to sell you on the idea that you're guilty about having leisure time, so that then he can give you a solution to a problem you yeah. didn't have. Mm-hmm. And there are tons of books. We're like being that. so harsh on this poor author. <laughs> like, he's like this nefarious. Like he's trying to sell you a solution to a problem you created. Because at the end of the day, he could never tell me why. When I have leisure and I'm sitting and I'm doing nothing and I'm not guilty about not being productive, why am I still not choosing things that I enjoy? Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe the answer is that's that's just like depression or that's our, you know. <laughs> but at least someone could give me an answer. You know what book we should have read? What? Is How to Keep House While Drowning, which yeah. is the self-help book that I'm currently reading. and. Mm. This is a cry for help. I just <laughs> I just heard about that book somewhere. What's the author's like, name? Um, I don't know. <laughs> is that our next book club book? It sounds like it might. Ooh. It's a little like a little sad. Oh. I saw this lady on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I think she may yes. yeah, okay. be popular mm-hmm. on some sort of Yeah, she had such like a that. like kind and gentle approach to mm-hmm. Like keeping your house clean. Yeah. She oh, was really okay. Let's do it. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. it's about mm-hmm. it's about people who have no problem, you know, being a little bit leisurely. <laughs> I th- yeah, I th- <laughs> that's a great here at hop culture. I think that cl- like keeping our houses clean is one of the main <laughs> things that we need to read. Based on yeah. our our reaction to the latest, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> just like so excited about being gentle, so excited about clean, yeah, gentle yeah. about your messes, <laughs> a gentle approach to keeping your house livable. That's exactly what we need. While yeah. while we're on the um the topic though of TikTok advice and like people, there is something I wanted to talk about that kind of tied into this a little bit. So okay, one thing I did think was interesting. And like, this doesn't apply to my lifestyle, but Grace, I wondered if maybe this could relate a little bit to like, some of kind of the struggles you were talking about was, he had a term for it, but I can't remember what it was. He basically talked about how our schedules now with so much flexibility, there's got to be a middle ground because you want some flexibility, like especially for people to like, take care of family members or you know, whatever, like parents and stuff need some flexibility caretakers need flexibility and that's a good thing but the fact that our schedules are so because like you for example you could be working till like midnight on a Saturday if you wanted to like and I was on Saturday mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly and so it's like you have all this flexibility but sometimes that leads to you're not available at the same times that like your friends and family are available to socialize and like make plans and stuff and he was talking about how that's a problem because that they've actually done studies that shows show that that like leads to unhappiness in people because it's like yeah it's great that there's flexibility but it's not like oh we have the reliable you know evenings and weekends like families and friends can get together because people's schedules are kind of like all over the place for better or for worse do you feel like that could be part of it too is it's like 
Yeah. And I, when I was reading that, it, it resonated with me, but at the same time, he didn't really give me a good solution because again, it was one of those things that I've known for a a long time that like existentially, I was happier when I went into an office Mm -hmm. and had regular office hours, but I don't, I'm not going to give up the, I mean, my life is so flexible and good, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give that up to go back into an office. I know. I mean, maybe I will at some point, (laughs) but like he didn't really offer a solution for the things that are tempting and easier that we know are just not going to make us quite as happy. And also I could tell you from going nocturnal Mm -hmm. um, because we all know I've had the, (laughs) had the issue of going nocturnal, which is that my sleep schedule and wake schedule don't line up with normal humans. And so a lot of times if I'm not corralled by certain societal pressures, I will sleep for 12 to 14 hours at a time, then stay up for like 20 hours and then, you know, I, I, I'm on this schedule where I'm progressively up at different times and sleeping at different times and not on the same schedule as like the rest of humans. I'm well aware that being awake alone in the middle of the night prowling around is not pleasant mm-hmm. and not like an emotionally good experience. But <laughs> tell that to me when I cannot wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or when you do have the opportunity to like go visit our parents in Peru because you can work remotely. Like, it's like, like Mm -hmm. you said, that's a lot of flexibility to give up just to be like, well, I know I need the structure because I don't have the self-control to go to bed on time. Like, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and I'm not even saying that, like, you don't have self-control. I feel the same way. Like, as a stay-at-home mom, I'm like, I should be able to wake up an hour before my kids, get myself ready for the day, you know, have some like quiet time, some meditation time, some scripture time and be, you know, that's not asking a lot. My kids don't get up that early. I never do that. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, unless you're forced to, it's really hard to force yourself to do some of that stuff. But I agree. Like, that's why after two weeks of Christmas break, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for my kids to go back to school because I'm just like, we need the structure in our lives again, even though I don't really want to get up and get them out the door. Like, for it's for the mm-hmm. best. So yeah, I had two problems, maybe three problems with the book. <laughs> but one of them was that he said a lot of things that were true and that a lot of it was pretty interesting. I was interested there. He had a lot of philosophy. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of historical. Yeah. Life, mm-hmm. like lives of hi- people in history, and he had anecdotal evidence to all support these things that a lot of them were very true. But the problem was they were stuff that, again, anecdotally, we just already know. And so I was hoping to get answers mm-hmm. and help. Mm-hmm. Because why read a self help book if by the end of it you didn't get helped? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just feel worse about your situation. Mm-hmm. I will say, I did like. When he talked about patience and his principles of patience, that was one thing that I enjoyed, but I was deeply annoyed by (laughs) the way that he named these principles. He named them in the most confusing way possible. Like I had to like go back and read the names of each principle multiple times to understand them. So the first one is to develop a taste for having problems. Which that one's a little bit more, that's that's a little bit easier of a title. Basically, just embrace having problems. Don't assume that because you're running into obstacles when you're like learning something or trying to do something that 
that's a bad thing. You can embrace having obstacles and having problems to think through and solve. The second one, though, is called Embrace Radical Incrementalism. Oh, yeah. Which basically just means, like, be okay with, like, doing a little bit at a time. Uh, I don't know why we needed to call it radical. <laughs> what What is the word radical doing? In, in Everyone that. wants everything to be radical now. Yeah, radical yeah. is Why very trendy. Why does it trendy. have to be radical? Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not radical. It's just <laughs> incrementalism, which I don't even. And then the third one is that originality lies on the far side of unoriginality. Again, why? Why couldn't we have said that in a clearer way? But I did like. Basically, he said, if you like. <laughs> he made this really hard to explain but I just liked these principles because I'm so impatient so I just want to say that was one positive thing that I got from the book this third the third principle where it's like originality unoriginality blah 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 basically just you have to kind of follow in other people's footsteps and be unoriginal for a while while you're learning Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you're patient with that process eventually you'll get to a point where you are able to be original because you've learned from other people's work. So anyway, I just liked, I liked that. I wanted to put in a good word for one, <laughs> one part of this book because I felt, I feel bad. For this yeah, book. we are. I know. I feel bad. I feel like we're being very harsh. There were some takeaways. Yeah. There were some things that I, points I liked. I did think the talking about the unsynchronized leisure time was an interesting point that I hadn't really considered. Sometimes other people having a little bit of a say in like how we use our time or being obligated to give people a certain amount of time, whether it's from like a commitment, like you're their family or just social pressures. He's like, we've kind of gotten to the point where we, because we're so possessive with our time, it's like, we don't want to give anyone else our time. That's like the goal almost. But he was saying like, that's actually not usually the key to happiness and contentment, which I do agree with and I think is very true. Mm-hmm. I did think his his talking about um, how even if you only spend like 10 minutes on social media, it affects you so much longer throughout I loved your that. day. I that was like, was that's very that's true. true. Yeah, I totally agreed with that. <laughs> I was going to do the part we usually say like, would we recommend people read this book? But I feel bad. I don't like to trash people's life's work. It just wasn't for us, this particular book. But other people might have loved it. Well, let's end on a positive note, shall we? Does anyone have a weekly win? Okay, well, I'll try to put a positive spin on this. Oh, no. <laughs> it snowed, <laughs> which I hate, but... um. I've been taking taking the girls outside to play in the snow, and it's pretty cute, I must admit. And the snow, it's very packable. It's very good for making a snowman. You almost can't help but make a snowman in this kind of snow texture. So That's fun. Yeah, it's, fun. it's fine. I think if it's going to be cold, <laughs> it might as well snow, right? Mm. No. No. no, I don't like to drive. Yeah, you have a truck. The What's the point of having a truck if you're not going to be like one of those people that dominates the roads with no thought for like any other cars? We do dominate the road. When we drive in the snow, we are just like 
going along at a normal speed in our four-wheel drive. <laughs> um, well, I fulfilled my 2023 goal of finishing that little island in our kitchen that I was trying to refinish <gasps> since like last October. Wow. When I say I, it was Dave that finally attached the hardware for me. But yeah, it looks really cute. And it was a piece of furniture that we'd gotten for free a long time ago. So I wasn't like super attached to it. I just painted it like a really bright, like fun color. I can't remember. Was it Anne or Matt that commented on the color? <laughs> it was Matt was like, are you going to paint it or something? Like something to indicate that like they think that was the final color. He did us something. And like I was like, no, that's the color. Kind of I, rude. I don't think he meant it to be. He was just genuinely no. confused. Um, yeah. I just was on a whim and I was like, I'm just going to paint something fun. I try to be like the neutrals, you know, and I like neutrals, mm-hmm. but there's just a little part of me that just will never give up like the twee vibes of like, 2009 to 2012 that I just I yeah. can't give up you know well neutrals are out now yeah I know I yeah, can't people are getting up. tired of the neutrals yeah so you just have to do you mm-hmm. that's very true um so yeah that was that's it's just <laughs> projects take me so long that even like a very simple one just feels like such a victory like when I finally actually managed to finish it I haven't done much this week but I will say that Gwen, bless her heart, has started sleeping until like six or seven in the morning every day. Was that wow? Is that later than I don't know what well, I she's have just no concept not even of. Waking up in the night, she just sleeps. She goes oh, I was like, oh. I mean, that is just like sleeping through the night. She's sleeping through the night. That's amazing. Wow, it's, that's awesome. It's uh, <laughs> just great. I didn't do anything. Right? Bless her <laughs> I just, little heart. She just, yeah, she just has decided to bless us with a full night's sleep. What a sweet little baby. Lovely. Mm-hmm. She is quite sweet. Um, well, I've had, I've had just an awful, an awful time since our last, <laughs> since our last one. Um, so rather than dwell on that, Tessa's comment made me think of, <laughs> think of one more thing from the book that I do, that I did really <laughs> no. like. That is a win. It's dark. Things are dark when a good thing of that book that I hated is one is my weekly win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really liked when he talked about kids growing up and how raising a certain type of adult isn't the end goal of I everything like that part that too. you do with kids. Yes, I forgot, I forgot about that, that part. That I part was really that good. Part. And also, sort of then the parallels of with with work and stuff that leisure it doesn't have to make you a better employee you know like Mm -hmm. because people are always trying to push a four-day work week would would rejuvenate people and they'd be more productive or people are more productive when they work six hours a day instead of eight he's like why does that have to justify taking that time Mm -hmm. why don't we just work less we don't need to be working more totally yeah so Mm -hmm. i really liked that yeah i liked the part about kids too i was driving to pick up the girls like during that part and it was like snowy outside and i was like Gosh dang it, when they get home, if they want to play in the snow, we're going to play in the snow. <laughs> like, I was just thinking about, like, childhood, you know? Um, but, yeah, I liked that part, too, where it was, like, every choice doesn't have to be, like, oh, well, well, what's this going to be when they're an adult? If I do this, are they going to – and it's, like, you can't control that sometimes. You're just doing your best to create a great childhood for them in the here and now. 
And like Mm -hmm. everything doesn't have to be for the outcome of like what they're going to be like as an adult because you can't even control that, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that part too. Okay. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week. So follow hopculturepod for more fun. See you next week. 